Well, I just have one question for you. Are you ready to win? Winning with Waterfall Racing Podcast is all about helping you achieve your goals through our community. We have an incredible community of top age groupers, of beginners, of the most incredible pros, and we all come together to support each other. And we want you to be a part of the journey with us. As you know, triathlon is addicting. It's addicting because we become addicted to bettering ourselves, to growing ourselves, to seeing how far we can push the limits of our physical capabilities. And it starts with the mental mindset as well. The strength begins there. So come with us as we learn about health, as we learn about tips, as we learn about gear, as we learn about what our pros are up to. And as most importantly, we support each other through this journey. Welcome to the Waterfall Racing Podcast. Well, another week, another episode. We're so excited that you are joining us here on the Waterfall Racing Podcast. And today we're going to do something a little bit different. I am going to actually jump into our mailbag. I've had a few questions come in over the last two and a half weeks, and I figure it's time that I get to them and answer some of those questions. I by no means am any kind of expert, but I do have some experience in some of these questions, so I will do my best to answer them. And thanks so much to everybody that uh, sent in mailbag questions. But before we get started, I just want to ask you, how are you doing? How's the training coming? Uh, I know for a lot of us, the weather, uh, you know, the weather can be challenging during this time, especially if you're more up north, a lot of indoor training. And you know, it's kind of hard to stay motivated sometimes. Uh, And I can't complain much. I'm in Georgia. We kind of have bouts of cold weather and then we'll have a warmer day. So it's, you know, there's quite a variety, but I see some of you and I'm just like, man, running in the snow, running in the really cold temperatures, hats off for doing your best to stay motivated and stay at it. But you guys, race season is almost here. We're getting so much closer. I am so excited. I'm pulling out like, you know, old videos for inspiration of some of the races I'm going to do uh, just to kind of get that hype going and to keep me motivated to keep pushing for these races coming up. I mentioned before, my first race is going to be the half marathon in the half Atlanta marathon. It's the end of February. Uh, it was it was good last year for me to start off the season with my run, you know, on point. So I've been doing a little bit more running than usual, uh, getting closer and closer to those goal paces, and it feels really good. So I'm excited, and um, you know, it's just been fun to kind of chase that a little bit. But let's jump into some of our mailbag questions. Uh, it was funny how some of them just kind of came in threes. I actually had um, somebody ask me on Instagram. Uh, and then somebody personally asked me and then somebody texted me and asked me, but it was all about traveling with the bike. Uh, and the question, here's one from Lee and it said, Hey Joy, I am still new to triathlon. I've mostly only done local races, but I'm going to be doing my first 70.3, uh, and, and wondering if I should travel with the bike on the plane or should I use a transport like tri-bike to get my bike there? And um, 
this is, you know, it's always sometimes it's a hard decision to answer this because, you know, a lot goes into it. Number one, uh, you know, where are you racing? Uh, like for me, I've used it when I did Cozumel. I used it when I did Hanu. And the only downside to using a transport is the fact that you're going to have to turn in your bike probably, I mean, especially depending on where the race is, like two and a half weeks earlier, maybe three, depending on the location. So you just got to keep that in mind, you know, make sure you have something else to train on. And then the same thing for afterwards, you want to make sure that you don't have another race scheduled, you know, too soon, nothing less than two weeks because the bike might not be back in time to get to your next race. So you kind of got to think through and give some cushion on both sides. Uh, that's really the only downside I highly recommend, and they're not a sponsor or anything, but Tri Bike Transport is excellent. They do an incredible job getting the bike there safely, getting it back. Uh, I use them quite a bit. The only other downside I will mention as well is I remember when I raced Hanu, I was just so jealous because we got there a little bit earlier and seeing everybody do their training rides and I had to wait because the bike really didn't get there till I think it was like maybe four days, five days out, four days out, maybe even less, four days out uh, or three days out. So I didn't have the bike as long as I would have liked to, you know, beforehand go do some, some practice rides. But uh, besides that, everything else went smoothly and I'm actually racing Hanu and I will be using tri-bike again, uh, especially since afterwards we plan on island hopping over to Maui. So I don't want to have to mess with the bike and, you know, all of that and, and worry about it. So I will be using it. So it just depends, depends on where you're racing and depends, you know, on kind of your race schedule before and after to make sure you have that cushion. So that's my best advice when it comes to whether to fly with your bike or to use a transport system. Hopefully that's helpful. Uh, I had another question come in. Uh, this was from Lisa and she said, Joy, I heard you mention you are new to newer to triathlon and that your first, uh, your first races you did without a coach. What made you decide to get a coach? Uh, and when do you think, you know, is a good time? Should you start from the beginning with a coach or should you wait until you're really serious about the sport? So this is a really good question because, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I started off initially, um, you know, quick story, I just started off wanting to grow personally and started with a marathon. At that time, I didn't even know anybody who had done a marathon. So I literally like just Googled some stuff. Uh, and same thing, triathlon, I Googled, I had no background in any of the sports. So I was Googling like how to swim, how to bike. And uh, yeah, I actually did uh, Olympics and then a 70.3 and two full Ironman distances before I even had a coach. And um, the important thing to know here too is, um, you know, I, now that I know what I know, looking back, I'm like, oh my goodness, I can't believe I attempted and did that without a coach. Because with a coach, so many of the mistakes I made would have been eliminated. Uh, you know, I probably would have been so much more prepared, had done so much better. And thank goodness, you know, I didn't get injured in the training, not necessarily knowing how to put all the training together. And I was able to get through it. But what made me decide, especially that I wanted a coach was, 
when I did that second full distance Ironman and it, you know, I kind of struggled in it and I really only beat my time the previous year by, I think like 10 minutes or 15 minutes. And I was like really disappointed because I thought, man, you know, I, I just felt like I should have had so much more progress, um, you know, having already done it. And, and I didn't want to just stay in this hamster wheel of getting the same results. And that's kind of what made me decide that, you know, I wanted help. I wanted somebody because I did want to do better. I did want to eventually get competitive. And once I did get a coach, oh my goodness, to see the progression I made was just like night and day. Uh, And just to give you an idea. So the next year when I did Cozumel for the third time, I PR'd, I posted it somewhere. I PR'd by, I think, almost like, like, three hours and 45 minutes. I mean, like it was a huge, huge difference. And, um, and one of the first things I noticed when I did, uh, take on a coach was she had me running so much less than I was, you know, doing on my own. And I see how, you know, that kind of saved me. And I was just so impressed the algorithm that she put together. I, I never, you know, obviously the training was hard and she was pushing me, but the way she put it all together between the swim, bike and run, you know, it helped keep me injury free. It helped keep me, you know, showing up race day fresh, uh, you know, so many things I learned. So yeah, I would highly recommend uh, a coach. The only way that, you know, I would say maybe you don't need a coach is, you know, maybe if you're not really that concerned about being super competitive, if you're just kind of, you know, doing it to complete the races. And if maybe you're surrounded by an incredible community and you can ask people questions, uh, you know, you're running with people, you're cycling with people, uh, you're swimming with people. And then also, I mean, our waterfall community is amazing. You can jump in here. You can ask tons of questions. You can ask the pros. Like tonight I was on with, uh, Taylor Nib was asking my, answering my questions about what track shoes to wear for track workouts. I mean, like amazing. Who gets to talk to Taylor Nib and get feedback like that so fast? Uh, so, you know, in that case, yeah, absolutely. I mean, had I had maybe a little bit more access to people when I was starting out, you know, maybe I, I would have waited a little longer or I don't know, it would have been a little different, but I like literally knew no one had no access to anyone really, aside from just a few people that reached out to me on social media here and there. But like, I had like no support whatsoever. So for me, it was crucial if I wanted to progress to get a coach. So that would be my, my, uh, long answer to a a short question as to, you know, really thinking about getting a coach, but it's definitely a great investment because you got to think about it. If you're putting so much money into the sport, I mean, these race entry fees are not, you know, they're not cheap. The equipment's not cheap. None of it's cheap and your time is valuable, right? Like, if you're going to spend this much time to train, let's make sure you're as efficient as possible, right? And that you get to show up and have the best results possible for that day. That's the other thing that just hit me too. Uh, you know, when, when I got the same result at my second full distance was, man, I, I'm putting so much time into training. I want to see some results. You know, I want to see some improvement. So that's my two cents on that. But today we're going to jump in to uh, still going back into the archives. The last two episodes have been in the archives from 
when I first flew out to Boulder, when we were first getting ready to launch the Waterfall Racing Podcast, and we met with our pros to kind of get their beginnings of, you know, how they started into the sport, their journey to becoming a pro. And today we're going to talk with Rachel Olson. And keep in mind, this was February uh, 2022. So, uh, you know, some of it might actually sound, you know, you'll hear references to like 2019 and 2020. But, you know, just talking with her and going back and listening to it, it was just a reminder of how much she, you know, she went through with her injury. You know, she faced injury in it. If you're in this sport for any length of time, we're all going to face it. It can be so incredibly frustrating. Uh, one of the hardest things for us to do is to be patient. Uh, and then just imagine, you know, especially on the pro level, I mean, this is your career. This, it's all about being able to show up and perform And I think Rachel gave us a really good example of being patient, you know, following the protocol, not trying to push too fast so that when she did come back, she could come back 100% and and do really well. And, you know, her year showed it. She had some incredible races in 2022 that just showed the tip of the iceberg of, you know, just the fact that all of that paid off and is going to continue to pay off now going for her into 2023. So I hope you enjoy uh, us going back, talking to Rachel. She's so fun. Uh, once, If you listen to the one with Andre, it's so fun. We get her side of the story of, uh, you know, Andre trying to say that all Brazilians and wear Speedos and him trying to justify wearing Speedos on her family vacation. Uh, it, it's hilarious. They're so fun. It was great talking to her. So here's Rachel. Uh, So fun to have her here today. We have a lot to talk about. Uh, Rachel had an incredible start. So you you became a pro in 2018. What was the age group race that you won to qualify for pro? Um, So I won uh, Buffalo Springs 70.3. And then I also won Gulf Coast 70.3, which was actually the swim was canceled. So it's a total shocker for me to like win that as an age grouper because the swim is my strong Straight. suit. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that kind of those two things, but really the big factor for why I went pro was I got eighth within the pro field at Boulder 70.3 and it was not a great day for me. And so that's when my coach Siri Lindley and I at the time said like, all right, I think now is the time that you need to like step up next year is the time to go if you're yeah. playing in that field. So. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Good advice there. So you got off to a solid start, uh, you know, second at Eagleman, like what a way yeah. to start, <laughs> big confidence builder. And then lots of top, I mean, top five uh, and then two top six. I mean, you had an incredible year, 20, so this was 2019, incredible. Yeah. First year as a pro, uh, that had to be, how did that feel? I mean, incredibly confident. Yeah, it was really great. I had started with a new coach, you know, 2018 at the end. It was just kind of, um, I was kind of falling apart a little bit and needed a different guidance. And so 2019, I just, you know, had a different approach to everything and really started to feel more confident, just kind of getting my rhythm and it was a great year. Yeah, I finished out fourth at the South American World Ch- South American Championship. Um, and yeah, I was just so ready for 2020. And then, uh, 2020. And then 2020. Here so. we come. And it looks like literally um, your only race was the Bear Lake Raw, which I want to ask you about, right? That yeah. was 2020. But what was, how, so 
2020 hit everybody different. Like for some yeah. people, it was like, I'm just going to push and train harder, you know, as, as everything kept getting canceled. Was it yeah. hard to keep up the motivation or how did it, it probably was up and down. What oh yeah. Like? For sure. It was, you know, it was a whirlwind right at the start. I got furloughed from my job in April. Um, and then thankfully like Ironman had those VR races, like the virtual races and they had some of the pro, like they, they were not really like races, races, but they really like kept me honest on my training. We did two of them, um, with Ironman. And so that was really good to keep me honest. And, you know, there were times where, yeah, I fell off because it was like, what am I working for? Exactly. (laughs) And, you know, I didn't, I, I didn't love biking at the time. And so going on long adventure rides, things like that were not as like exciting for me to think about, I right. think then, um, probably would excite me now, but yeah. And my other goal was like, I wanted to PR my 40 K time trial time just on my own, mm-hmm. um, which I did. I did it like on my birthday weekend and that was right awesome. before the bear Lake brawl, which that's when things went <laughs> down. <laughs> well, back up real quick. So you said, yeah. so you were still working while you were a pro that first year? Yes, for two years. Um, wow. Yeah. Okay, now we're really <laughs> impressed. How did you ju- get the training? Um, I mean, you just kind of do it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You kind of do it whenever. And whenever I was like at that elite age group level, I was working kind of even more solid hours. I worked for Cobb Cycling, the saddle company. Okay. Um, you know, I'd wake up early and swim early, yeah, yeah. Or early and bike and then we would, you know, try to ride right after work, you know, things just trying to get it in wherever we could, you know, early mornings, right after work. Sometimes I can squeeze in like a lunch run, things like that. But, you know, I had some, you know, the hours weren't totally solid sometimes. Right. And so I had leeway, to- yeah, to to train when I needed to. Um, but you can tell, I mean, I love hearing this because you can totally relate to the age grouper that's working a full-time job, Yeah, you know, trying to do the training doesn't have, and I think the biggest thing that we miss out on is we don't have that recovery time, right? Exactly. And that's, you know, that's a big part oh, yeah. of the development. And so, but you had, you did incredible during that time. <laughs> so, wow, super impressed. We wanted to point that out before we moved on. Yeah. So then, um, so 2020, you, you did your little time trial yeah. type of, uh, approach, got hit, nailed that. And then Bear Lake Brawl, uh, first of all, tell us about that race and then tell us how all that went. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, I mean, there were no Ironman races happening right. just because of the sheer, you know, volume of participants. And so this was like a grassroots race in the middle of it's like Utah, uh, Arizona. Yeah, no, Utah, Utah and Idaho. 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 It's like it was like right on the border. You like biked in both areas, but it was like this tiny, tiny town, like just kind of in the middle of nowhere. Um, and it was the only race on the schedule, basically. And so we were like, the PTO had just like started, just formed, and they put some cash there. And we were like, okay, let's do this. We're gonna drive. Yeah, yeah. and Andre and I had planned to do this like twenty-four hour bike relay the week after. Oh and so we were like, we'll just get a minivan, we'll drive to Bear Lake Brawl and drive to the twenty-four hour race that was also in Utah. Um and we had it was in September, late September. We had just gotten back from a um a vacation with my family in Florida, like in the day after we got back, like I went for a run and my knee was like kind of bothering me. And I was like, Oh, that's kind of weird. Like, I'm sure it's fine. Like maybe just from travel the day before, like little niggles like that. 
And then literally the day before Bear Lake Brawl, I went out for my like pre-race run, just two miles. And almost like immediately when I stepped out the door, started running, like my knee just like, like lit up. Like it didn't really swell, but I had huge amounts of pain. Like we went to the drugstore to get Advil, to get KT tape. Like Justin was throwing CBD cream at me, you know, like (laughs) we're like, okay, maybe by the time that we get to the race start, this will be okay. But I had already known, like in the back of my head, there's, so this is like, not going to be Did anything okay. happen in, you were on a vacation in Florida? Yeah. You and, were training in Florida, And right? I don't know if it was... Just yeah. a lack of training, maybe? or Well, no, we ran, like, a lot, a lot. but we did some runs on the beach. Um, oh. A lot of uneven terrain. Okay. Um, it could have been an injury, and it's, this is the injury that we'll get to later. Mm-hmm. Um, it could have happened previously, and it just kind of cropped up here, but... Um, actually, no, this was the other knee. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, this was my right knee. The left knee was the surgery one. Um, but my, it was the right knee. And so I don't know if it was just the uneven terrain that we were running on, on the, the sand and yeah. all of that. Yeah. It was really harsh. And so that and the travel and everything else and uh, new shoes that I don't think were great for me. Um, mm, just a lot nice of factors. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, but you still did the race. Yes. Kind of. Sort of. <laughs> oh my goodness. And like that race, everybody talks about it. Cause one, it was the first like PTO race in the U S mm-hmm. you know, it was kind of like that first big, like, you know, let's put some production in it. Let's start to tell these stories kind of thing. And the weather was beautiful before the race and after the race, the day of the race, it was, you know, just below 40 degrees Fahrenheit and like freezing rain. Wow. So, um, we were, freezing our butts off um the swim course got changed because we technically weren't allowed to be on the water because there were like the white breaks um and so we had to ping back and forth between these two you know buoys and it was waves everywhere you could stand up in the middle there's age groupers that are swimming head on into you oh my goodness so that was a mess (laughs) then we get onto the bike and it's i mean going out was great because it was like the tailwind like crazy but then halfway through the bike it started pouring down rain we're all trying to wear as much clothes as we can like we've got gloves on people have jackets on you know i wore toe warmers but all the water just sat in the toes yeah 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 so are you feeling the knee on the swimming bike or no no there it was okay and then you know getting to the bike oh my goodness you should have seen transition to like people like sky munch like couldn't get off of her bike and just like rode her bike straight into transition yelling i know i'm not supposed to do this but we couldn't feel our fingers couldn't feel your hands like you know so people are helping us get our helmets off get our shoes off i mean it was really a disaster of a now, day. Now, is this a 70.3? Okay. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And wow. so I get to the run and it was, yeah, immediately like painful and it's raining and it's 40 degrees. And yeah, I, I just like slowly faded back, 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 back. And it was, I knew that I shouldn't really have been running. Mm-hmm. Um, you, There's just those times where you're like, okay, like I can push through like this is not, but, but something told you this isn't right. This isn't right. And you know, I knew that if I finished, like, cause I still finished seventh and it was like my slowest half marathon I've ever run, I think even in training. And, um, but I knew I would like get some cash out of it. Right. And so, yeah, like just finished the race and I was 
oh, I, I, I like collapsed into Andre and just like cried because it was, you know, so yeah, like, I mean, it was the one race of the year and it was just horrible like, there's so much build up to it exactly yeah. and there's like so much hype and everything oh, like let's do this race and it just like drop. everything like crumbled oh, you know oh, that was crazy that's <laughs> so speaking of so you met andre 2019 yep. leading into 2020 so yeah and you had him through 2020 mm -hmm. so after that race uh what was the process with your knee did you start getting figure out what was wrong or yeah so we went and did that 24-hour <laughs> bike relay and after it was, that yeah oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, we went to like park city um kind of area utah for a few days before we had the race so it was it's called the salt to saint um okay. so you ride from salt lake city to saint george and it was oh my goodness. it was the wildest thing i would love to do it again but i yeah. mean you ride at night like it's so you ride mm -hmm. for 24 hours right? yeah and we just we had four people that we were relaying through so how many um, miles would you do would i ended up doing i think like 120 total okay maybe so like you switch off up. after a period of time or after a yeah mile? so they have like all these segments where you stop throughout okay. and then you can either the rider can continue going or you switch like the transponder to the next person and so we like the two other guys who were with us planned out who was going to do what legs okay. based on what the elevation profile looked like and all that um but yeah so i trained just on the bike i tried to do a couple of runs and it was just it wasn't happening it was still painful um we get home and we tried to just see what was going on and i ended up getting an mri and i had a pretty significant on both bones um, a stress reaction so there wasn't quite a fracture there mm -hmm. um, but on the femoral head and on the tibia there were you know the stress reactions in both sides of the joint um and that was like you know it was yeah i just had to quit running for a while um and so i just took a big break and that was really hard also because that was when you know the pto announced their daytona championship yeah. and then there was this race in florida where andre got you know his spot to daytona and they yeah. had like all these wild card spots and i just missed Oh, everything oh, like coming no. back because of this one injury oh. so it was just like it was really fun to go to daytona with andre yeah. and like that experience was so cool. was, fun, right? yeah it was really cool you know really vip treatment and it was wonderful but yeah boy it was it was really really hard tough. to sit on yes the and watch that. oh <laughs> yeah oh that's so tough. <laughs> oh man so you got through that and then you were able so the rest of 2020 was pretty much dealing with that injury mm -hmm. and then which entailed what just rest i mean they just um at that point like i kind of just took it as a time to take off like yeah. mentally physically i've been doing sports since i was four years yeah. old so um it was kind of just like reset a lot of things right. um and then from there, yeah, we built a kind of return to run program. Um, and I started biking before, you know, just to build up the strength and I could swim. So I had all of those kind of going for me and working right. out what caused that to happen, you right. know, glute med imbalance, like things like that. And so it was not until just like basically around Christmas time that I started the, the run walk progression okay. back into okay. you know everything yeah yeah and then you felt okay it's coming back strong yep. 
Um, so then that would have been going into 2021. Yep. So then you start 2021 thinking, okay, here we go. Yeah. And then the other knee starts to act up or? Um, yeah, it was, it was really crazy. Like my run actually came back super quick. I mean, we had, um, spent time in Brazil, done a lot of mountain biking. I felt like that was coming along strong. And then, um, we came home in January and then went to Tucson. And so I started training a lot there, but my run, I mean, it came back faster and stronger than before and so it was really really exciting like really like great run workouts that were just it was really exciting to feel that yeah and um literally like two weeks before the first race of 2021 I had this like big bike run workout and it went incredible you know the run was great the bike like you know the bike wasn't the power wasn't as great as even maybe now, but it, you know, it was promising for what I had just come back from and it was just March. And the next day I woke up and my knee was just like blown up and my joints don't really swell. I don't really bruise things like that. And so I knew like like, something is wrong. (laughs) And again, I wore the same shoes that the other injury happened in. So we did that bike run. Yeah. Yeah. So I I don't know if that was a factor, but also glute media balances. Um, but so that was, oh, that was pretty devastating. Like two weeks before, um, Texas 70.3. Yeah. In 2021. <laughs> so you tried to push through that one, right? Yeah. We figured like, well, maybe like something like some tendons are just upset. Like it just kind of flared up or anything. And we were like, I mean, my coach said, don't, don't run, like do the swim do bike, the swim like, bike then... but just don't run. Yeah. And I was thinking, well, maybe, maybe, but I like I had a, did you try to start the run? No, I had okay. a horrible bike. You know, I had a great swim, but a really horrible bike there. And, and you can feel it. Yeah. A little bit. And then it was just, I just knew like, yeah. this was not the day to try to, to push try to anything push like that would be silly, you know, just to be yeah. out there for like a hoo like yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. It was yeah. to just for, you know, with pain, it no. wasn't worth it. No, no. Yeah. You knew. So then we're going into, uh, and then, well, you did do one race in 2021. Yes. So that was April 21. And then um, attempted Des Moines, which right. was also a big mess. Like we had a huge thunderstorm the morning right. of, um, they shortened the bike by half, but it was a full swim and a full run. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got through half of the run and I started to feel the knee and, and I mean, cause I had only run yeah. six miles on the road yeah. at that point. And so I said like, okay, this is not worth it. Yeah. Not worth it to set back again. So, um, back to the drawing board again. And by this point we had found out about the cartilage. Um, we had done the MRI in May of 21 on the left side and it showed about a centimeter to a half a centimeter, basically like, round hole of cartilage attached to the bone in the femur um and if you let that go basically it'll just keep flaking off flaking off and you either have to go in and get a graft of cartilage put in there or you're facing a knee replacement at age 40 or even younger you know um and i was thinking like i want to run until i no longer can yeah Yeah. Yeah. so and i want to go to iron man like i really need this cartilage (laughs) and so we knew that there was a procedure called the Oates procedure that would fill in the cartilage and create a smooth surface and prevent it from flaking off. Um, 
but I was not ready. I was not ready to do it. I was not as fit as I wanted to be going into the surgery. I wanted to, I just wanted to smash the bike, like get really, really fit, like as best as I could before going into the surgery. And so we said, we'll just mitigate the run, see how it goes, but let's really work on the bike. Let's really work in the swim. And then, you know, kind of planned on that November time, like this would be a good time to have the surgery. Um, just go into it super fit, super ready to nail the recovery after. Right. right yeah. Right, right. Um, and then we ended up deciding that I would do uh, Augusta, mm-hmm. which the swim is great. I yeah. outswim all the what, men. That's you know? really good for you. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah incredible swim. That's oh, yeah. Fun. It's like downriver. It's yeah, yeah. 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 Um, super fast <laughs> current. Um, and on the bike, like I started to get sick. Actually, it was the first time that's ever happened to me. And I, I don't know if it was like the nutrition that kind of changed up and I don't know yeah. if that was it. I'm like, I don't think I swallowed any water, but started feeling sick on the bike and it was just not feeling great. And then I got to the run and I was just like for two miles, just like dry heaving, like trying not to throw up like everything yeah. in my stomach. And so the run was just, I feel like it could have been way better, but yeah. it was just a slog because I, my stomach was just in cramps. Like, but your knee was feeling okay. It was feeling okay. Like it wasn't bad, you know, like, I mean, my muscles, like my quads were just like destroyed, you know, I pushed really hard at the beginning of of the bike. Cause you knew my run, I might have to pull back. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So like muscle wise, it was, oh, it was really painful. Um, stomach wise, painful, uh, knee wise, you know, I only had a little bit of swelling after the race. And so that was like, that was good. That was positive. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. So then, then you ended up having the surgery in November. Yep. So now here we are <laughs> on your comeback. And that's a super frustrating year, especially after oh, 2020. Yes. And so it's been like, you've been in the trenches. It's like a double punch. You yeah, know? <laughs> you've been in the trenches and it's so hard to stay, you know, motivated through all of that. So you had the surgery. Um, and now that you're coming back, you're doing all the things, the PT. Yeah. Um, how many weeks was it before you could get back a bike and then run? They probably had you swimming kind of. Yeah. Thing. So I had to wait until the wound healed up For because swim, it's about, yeah. you know, yay big, like yeah. two and a half inches yeah. um, just so that they could get to the cartilage to do the plug swap. Um, and it was, you know, once that wound healed up, it was probably three to four weeks, probably closer to the four okay. that I could get back in the water. Um, but I was on like the recumbent bike pretty quick. As long as I got to 90 degrees to 105 degrees of bend then they said okay now you can get on the recumbent you can't push on it because i was you know for at three weeks four weeks four weeks i could start to put a little bit of pressure down since it was like a bone surgery right they don't want you to start hammering the bone right away and i wasn't weight bearing like until six weeks so i wasn't i was starting the bike around that four weeks time Mm -hmm. um just easy spins and then by the time we hit the six weeks was when I could actually put the pressure down on the pedals, um, start walking and building up that kind of tolerance. Mm-hmm. And then it was just loading, loading the muscles because without being able to fully load the leg, you can't really load the muscles right. as much. It was, you know, it's a challenge PT wise sure. to do unloaded exercises, but yeah. we did whatever we could, you know, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so I just started, you know, 
lever runs, which is, you know, basically like yeah. an alter G, it takes uh -huh. weight off um, this week, but at 12 weeks, which is this coming Wednesday, uh -huh. it's, that's whenever I can start on the ground wow. running. You're so yeah. excited. <laughs> so excited. I don't care if it's just one minute at a time, you know, You're it's so great. <laughs> yeah. Well, and just to like, I mean, cycling is one thing, swimming is nothing, but there's yeah. nothing like endorphins from running. Right. And, just getting out and the going door. through all this for these two years and then having to take, I mean, physically there's a change and like even yeah. in mood and the way you stretch, I mean, it's, there's nothing, you know, so I know you're dying. You're yeah, dying. I'm really excited. And it's it's promising just from, you know, how I came back from the other injury. Like, I was not doing as much PT and everything, as like, now. as strength as I do now. And that yeah. run, I mean, it just popped right back. And it was crazy, you know. And yeah. the bike, I this just this week, I had a better bike workout than I had done even halfway through the year last year. So wow. that fitness really, I mean, popped back way faster than yeah, I, than so I thought, exciting. but it, it, it's wonderful. Like it's, I mean, that makes it so much more promising and, you know, my surgeon, you know, my PA, my PT, they're all like, wow, like you've come back really yeah, strong. Yes. Like this is a really great healing process. It's incredible. I was like, I've worked my butt off for it. I'm not doing this again. Yeah. So, but it's, yeah. So I'm just so excited to like be healthy, be strong, like just wholesomely strong, you yeah. know? And what comes from that too, I think is a whole level of gratitude. Yes. Because you can get so burnout, especially on your level of the training and the, yeah. but now it's like, what? I get to push? Exactly. What? I can't wait. And every race you complete and do, you're going to be so like the whole time, no matter what you're feeling, no matter what the mm -hmm. pain, just grateful yeah. that your body is performing and grateful that your knees are holding up. And yeah. you're not so <laughs> I'm excited to see this Rachel that comes back. They're going to be like, who is this chick? Yeah, it's totally different. The training oh, totally, totally different, different approach and mindset, you yeah. know, is going to be next level. Cause you're like, I've got time to make up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's, yeah, it is that whole level of appreciation I've had two shoulder surgeries from swimming and like each time I came back I was just like fire like they fired it just like it's this whole different change that you you it's know go outlook, through whole different yeah of, of everything and, yeah. and the the you know and that's what's it's so cool you know I know a lot of people say this but every time before a race it's like don't ever forget we get to do this exactly you know, we get to race we get yeah you know no matter what to be able to push your body to this and, and get through it is you know, yeah, so much to be grateful for, and so many people would love to be able to get out exactly. There and do that. Mm -hmm. um, that's super exciting. Okay, so <laughs> let's talk uh, about meeting Andre and your dynamic. <laughs> you guys are just okay. So you have an awesome YouTube channel, Chasing Triathlon. <laughs> I only watched two. I guess the two episodes because you guys kind of recently started doing more of the you both of y'all together. I mean, maybe I didn't go back far enough. Yeah, know, but it's newer. It was a COVID project, actually. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. And it was so funny in the first like little, you know, us with the phone filming ourselves. Andre's like, yeah, it's something that we'll be able to show our kids later. I'm like, kids. Yo, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> We've been dating for like eight months. Um, but so this was, you know, yeah. our like little COVID project. YouTube had started. Yeah. I mean, everybody's at home. What else are right, they going to do? Yeah, it really did um, take off more, especially for triathletes and stuff during yeah. the COVID. And so we're yeah. like, let's just document this. So this will be really great to go back and look and see how we did. Like, what <laughs> did we do? Like, all of our adventures. And, yeah. Um, but yeah, Andre and I had met in 2019. Uh -huh. um, and it's 
I, I always like to say I tell the story better uh, because from my view, it's really funny. Oh, he's but, coming in next, so we'll yes. get his version also. Um, but 2019, he had started doing more races in the U.S. He's a dual citizen. Yeah. And, um, he was living in Brazil, but had just moved back. And um, we were at Eagle Man, where I got second. Mm -hmm. And I remember, like, I mean, it also rained that day. It was kind of a, not a great day, kind of miserable, but... I just remember him having a horrible day. I, I can still see it in my mind, him running like sideways, like oh, he had a really bad day. And I was like running you out and he yeah. was coming in and I was like hopping <laughs> along and he's like, oh, and I just like remember his face. And then not even a month later, we're at Steelhead um, and we both had good days there. And he was talking with me after the race. I was hanging out with like Starkey and a couple other people. And so he just kind of like wandered over and like hung out because he was waiting for his niece spot. And um, I was like, oh, this guy's kind of cute, you know, <laughs> but he sounds like South American. I'll yeah. probably never see him again. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I just figured, you know, that was that. I'll probably see him at some other races. And then the next week he's at rally at the master's swim. And I was like, What's this guy doing here oh um and so he gets out early but he kind of hangs around and like so we all like go to you the hot tub after the swim you're on his radar right um, now, for sure he said he had known me but i didn't know him um but so he's like oh we should go on some like bike rides together or whatever and then one day i was just like you know what? i'm gonna ask him out and so i asked him to go get empanadas you know just like a little small thing <laughs> and uh, he wasn't and, like why are you asking me is it because i'm from you know? no i just like wanted to go and i'm like well let me just ask him and so, so just awesome. like went from there <laughs> that is so awesome. what a good time too because i'm sure getting through 2020 would have been so different oh so life. different how yeah, <laughs> fun what good timing yeah uh, but you guys are hilarious so <laughs> tell me about this like y'all had this on video and, and he has a mattress set up in front of your training Zwift monitors or whatever. And he's trying to justify that it's something for sound. Or, and I'm just like, this is hilarious. Oh my like, gosh. I mean, so he's funny. a trip. Like he really is. And um, we've just had this mattress, like, cause I mean, we live in like a one bedroom basement. And so yeah. people come over to stay. Yeah. Like, so we, we just used out. to have, you know, an air mattress. We're like, well, let's keep our old mattress. But now it's just like sitting in the living room. And you made like, it into like a Murphy Bay mattress. <laughs> right? Mattress. It's just like, you know, and everyone yeah, has so to put that on. purpose for it. Um, yeah. But we make fun of it because so many people have like these epic, you know, yeah. workout rooms. And oh, we have yeah, like yeah. living room, kitchen is all smashed all into one yeah. room like and also a room. guest room, you yeah. know? Yeah, I love it. So it's I like, oh, it. don't mind our mattress back here. It's <laughs> very fancy. <laughs> oh my goodness, he's so hilarious. And then um, the other story is so funny. I know when you went, now what was it like going down to Brazil? I mean, his family, I mean, that's a whole different culture. Yeah, um, it was... The gringa is what they call you. Oh, yes. I mean, that's what he calls me. His family is way more <laughs> nice than that. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, we went. Uh, and it was funny because like, I felt like I had already known them, like FaceTiming, you know, oh, okay. we would interact and everything. So it was real and, organic. Yeah. And so. I felt like I had kind of already met them. And so we went at the end of 2020, we flew straight from Daytona uh -huh. um, down to Brazil for 40 days. 40 um, days? 40 days. Andre hadn't gone home and I think two to three years um so his sister had a baby <laughs> exactly yeah so it was you know it was a big it was a big thing you know and it was yeah. wonderful i mean 
it was kind of a parade of like meet the family uh right. because they all live you know they, um, and yeah in the same neighborhood we go to his dad's you know family's house and they all live in the same neighborhood also yeah. so it's the family aspect is really great i yeah. mean I was exhausted <laughs> like sure. they stay up till 10 you know every night or later you know you know just conversing and everything and it was great it was really fun it was really cool and then we went back this year this past year in 21 for his sister's wedding and um yeah I just already feel like a part of their yeah. family it's great yeah. so you so really wonderful. got to jump into his world and see oh yeah <laughs> And then also fully appreciate everything he sacrificed to come pursue his dream, right? Because I exactly mean, when you have that close of a knit family to leave all that, that's yeah. huge, you know, that's a lot. Yeah. Know? But that's good. You guys get a sense of like, oh, it's family. Yeah, I love it. And though. then tell me the story. So he's like, yeah, yeah, everybody wears Speedos in Brazil. Come to the oh, beach. And, you're God. Like, Seriously? and then he shows up and what? And it's so like, no one else is wearing Speedos. No, like we, so we had done the trip that we had gone on before Bear Lake Brawl, yeah. like, I'm like, why don't we get you some like just like shorty short trunks? They're shorts. really like hip, you know. So you blend in here. And yeah, <laughs> and like, and they're still short. Like yeah. you don't have to wear the speedo. You can wear the speedo under, and if you want to go open water swim, you can wear the speedo. <laughs> He's like, I'm Brazilian. Like everybody does this in Brazil, don't you know? I'm like, all right, whatever. And he's like, in a t-shirt, we're like bringing the cooler down for my parents, like. <laughs> And Andre's just in like a t-shirt and a speedo. So it looks like he's naked. Yeah, and like he's pulling the ice chest down by the pool, and all the old ladies are like <laughs> pulling the sunglasses down, like. Woo! And I'm like, oh my, oh my god, these look ridiculous. Oh, how funny! And then we go to Brazil, and we have like a beach trip. No one, there's nobody in a speedo. Not a single Brazilian is wearing a speedo. Oh, it's hilarious. just Andre. Like, oh, that's so. And I'm funny. like, Andre, there's nobody wearing a speedo here. Oh, we're just on the wrong beach. We're on the wrong beach. <laughs> oh my goodness, so, he's yes. a character in himself. So fun. Keeps it fun. Go check them out. You really can't get enough of them on YouTube. <laughs> they make for a great trainer session. You will be laughing your way through no matter how much pain you're in. Um, so go check them out. And as usual, you know, send in your questions too to yeah. our waterfallracing at gmail.com if you have questions or um, you know, want to reach out or send a message to some of these pros, feel free to reach out. Well, thanks so much for joining us today, Rachel. Thanks for being yeah, here. Thank you so much, Joy. So I'm excited to say we do have another Element giveaway this week. Last week was such a hit. I had people blowing up my inbox on Instagram, uh, trying to answer the question to win their free, uh, their free variety pack of Element. It's such a great electrolyte drink. Um, it's something that I switched to because I was just struggling. My sodium levels were staying low. And the salty flavor it is takes a little getting used to it at first, but it's super addicting. I love it. And really grateful that they're willing to, to do this for us. So in order to be the winner of the Element Giveaway, I need to know from this podcast the big factor that made Rachel decide that this was the time to turn pro. And so in the beginning of the interview, right in the beginning, uh, she mentions that she won two races as an age grouper, but there was one race that was actually the big factor that kind of made them decide, her and her coach, okay, it's time. It's time to turn pro. So message me at jmcadams5 on Instagram or uh, for our community on Discord. And the first person to do that will get your element sent your way. So thanks for taking part in that. Well, before I let you go, I want to close out with our mindset minute. 
And I loved uh, waterfall racing. Trixie posted a few times on the stories this week about don't be afraid to suck at anything. Uh, and I think it's it's a big mindset shift uh, from kids to adults. You know, and when you think about it on the lowest level, a, a little baby that's learning to go from crawling to walking, they're not embarrassed what people think as they are, you know, falling all over the place, right? And it just switches so much. Or, you know, a little kid learning to ride their bike. They're like in the middle of the neighborhood with everybody watching and they're like falling over and, you know, they're they're not embarrassed. They're not afraid to, you know, to be new at something. They're not thinking, what are people thinking? And I know this was overwhelming, overwhelming for me uh, when I first, the first time I ever went to the pool and uh, it's so crazy, you guys, but I just, I wasn't exposed to competitive swimming growing up. So literally the first time I went to a, a lap pool, it was the first time I had ever been to a lap pool as I was 44 years old. Like I had never even been to a lap pool and it was so intimidating. And then to see all the little kids like you know, jumping off the blocks and, you know, like swimming so fast and, you know, just flying by me. It was, it was really, really intimidating. And, you know, honestly, to this day, I'm still a little bit intimidated if the swim team's there and, you know, I go because, I mean, they're just so good and, and, you know, they have all the, the technique stuff I was never exposed to, but, you know, it was the same thing for the, you know, the entire sport of triathlon. You know, the first time I clipped in on a bike, uh, I went straight on a, a, a group ride and it was like, I, of course I fell over. It was like so embarrassing, but I wasn't afraid to be new, to be bad because the truth is you guys, you got to think about this and it doesn't have to just be sport. I mean, it can be a new business adventure or a new business idea or even just doing a post on social media. The truth is most people, guess what? They're not thinking about you. They're not they're thinking about themselves and everything that's going on in their lives, you know? And that's kind of an eye opener too, is when you feel so like intimidated to, to put yourself out there or to try something new, just remember that, you know, everyone's world doesn't revolve around you. Uh, and they probably, for the most part, aren't even going to notice. So go for it. Don't let it hold you back because there's so much waiting on the other side if, you know, if it does go well, if it's something that you do enjoy and as you grow and progress in it. And uh, yeah, that's exactly what happened for me in triathlon, right? Had I, had I let my pride hold myself back, you wouldn't even be listening to me here today. And, um, you know, big lesson for all of us in all aspects of life. Well, thanks for joining us today on our Waterfall Racing Podcast. Hopefully there were some good takeaways for you. And hopefully it gave you a little bit more insight into who we are. If you would like to find out more or join our community, go to waterfallracing.com. You can find us on Instagram as well. If you have a mailbag question that you would like us to answer, send me a DM at jmcadams5 on Instagram. We'll be answering some of those questions in future episodes. And remember, when it comes to training, sometimes it's just about showing up. I love the mantra, anything's better than nothing. Not every session is going to go perfect, but show up. Consistency is always king. Happy training.